Happy Sabbath, church family. So good to see you. What a beautiful worship experience. I want to thank the ladies for ministering the gospel through music to us. Amen? I just sat there throughout all the different activities of worship, just feeling full and satisfied. In other words, together here we are bringing praises to the Almighty. Amen? That is so powerful. And uh, thank you for everyone who participated and led in the worship service. Thank you so much for your ministry. I just want to make sure as, I, as we begin uh, our lesson today, I want to just put a pause and ask if all the veterans who are here today could just stand. Just stand, wherever you are. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. We, we just want to thank you for your faith in God and for your service to our country. All right? Thank you so much, gentlemen. Thank you. And I do want to just um, uh, put a few words in as well to what Elder Stewart shared with you earlier. Remember, next week, Sunday, well, Sabbath first, we're going to meet together as a team, okay? We're going to have a wonderful worship, I mean, uh, lunch provided by our hospitality team. Please, let's support this, all right? I know some of you on Thanksgiving, you already have your menu all set out and everything. I want you to just put a little aside uh, for our church family next week, all right? And make something special and bring it. Let's all enjoy together, okay? All right, all right. And then we're going to meet as a family uh, at five. At five, we'd like every person to come. We need you. We, in fact, when I came uh, earlier uh, in June, uh, one of the main things that we want to do is we want to spend time together, work together with each other, and plan together, all right? And we're going to need you on Saturday at 5 for our business meeting. We're going to share with you um, what, we ha what we're thinking of for next year. Um, and we want you to be involved in all of that. Okay? All right. And, um, and we're going to take care of some business matters. So next weekend is Family Matters weekend. And then on the Sunday, really awesome time. Uh, bring the children out. Let's have some fun together as a church family. Is that all right? Did, did Jesus uh, spend time with, with, with friends? Only in, at the synagogue? Well, listen, we're, we're, we're more than just uh, folks who come to church, right? We're sharing a life together. And that means you being there next week uh, on Sunday is also going to be a wonderful time. Food, fun, fellowship, and get to know each other real well. Enjoy time together. Thank you. So now we turn our attention to the Word. 
invite you just to bow your heads with me as we seek the Lord's guidance. Father, thank you so much for this time of worship. You certainly deserve our praise. You are amazing. You are perfect. And you are awesome. You take care of your people in such an amazing way. You provide all that we need. And you're always there to listen to us. As a Father in heaven, as we open your word today, we know there are lessons that you'd like to teach us. You have brought us here to learn something about you and something that can improve our relationship with you. You have brought us here today with all of our hurts and pains, with all of our joys and our sorrows. You have brought us here to learn something from you. So as we study, bless us. Give us the Holy Spirit in a profound way so that we will learn and be comforted by his words. Father, as usual, I give you all that I am. I simply want to learn from you. And so I ask, Lord, that you, as you teach your people, you'll teach me as well. And may we all be edified. But Father, may we be changed by your words today. All these things we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. We can put up that slide, that first slide. Today, today we continue the journey. What have we been talking about? Thank you. We've been on this journey um, studying and looking at how God is working with his people as disciples. And don't forget, I will, I will try and keep that up there as long as I can for you. But the vision statement for this church is that we are a church, all right, of disciples. In fact, our vision statement says every disciple preparing for what? The second coming of? That's who we are as a people. We are disciples preparing for the second coming of Jesus. The word preparing there simply means Jesus wants every one of us to live in a state of maturity. Where we're constantly growing, amen? That's what he wants. If we're not growing as a people, then we, we have to check ourselves where that is concerned. If we're constantly behaving in a certain way that is not in tune with what Jesus would have us do and live, the truth is, He wants to accomplish so much more in our lives 
than to be going from year to year with no growth. The branch of the vine needs to grow and become strong so it can support the grapes. Are you with me? The branch must get strong so it can support the grapes, so it can support the fruit. And we have been talking about fruits. And today we're going to continue that journey. We're going to look at the fruit of the Spirit. Today, goodness. Goodness. Amen? Goodness. Remember, the fruit of the Spirit is, and we're going to look at this in a little bit more of an intense way in a little bit, but the fruit of the Spirit, God blesses his people with, with this fruit, and I like fruit, right? But this fruit is kind of different. This fruit is like when you bite it, you taste a mango, but at the same time, you taste a pineapple. Are you with me? There are nine different tastes in this one fruit. Can you imagine? It's powerful. And God wants to bless each one of his disciples with this fruit. The thing about this fruit is this. Once we have it, guess what? It's transformative. Can I hear you say transformative? It's not something that's going to just be with us for a day. It's going to work to change us. I'm reminded of a family who lived in the mountains in Tennessee. They have never been to the city before. They have been quite content with their small little town. But something happened one day where the wife had to be in the city. And so, for the first time, this family packed up and made that long journey into the city. They never saw an elevator before in all their life. So, they walked into this building, and guess what? The wife went to take care of her business and left the father, her husband, and their son standing in the lobby. Both of these, both the father and the son, they're there standing, and they were standing in front of an elevator, but they didn't know what it was. So guess what happened? They saw a little old lady coming up to the elevator, and she took her time, took her very time. When she got to the door, the elevator door, she pressed a button, and guess what happened? The door opened and imagine them seeing this for the first time. The little old lady, she walked in. And then something has happened. Door closed. Wow, they were just so fascinated by what they were looking at. And then all of a sudden, after a little while, the door opened again. And this beautiful young lady came out of the door. And the dad was so shocked. Elder Stewart, he looked at his young son and he said, Son, 
go get mommy. <laughs> Run, go get her. Because guess what? Maybe she can be transformed as well. <laughs> and the truth is this, friends. That's what God wants to do with every one of his disciples. He wants to transform us. He is not content with mediocrity. He is not content with just satisfying with us going to church, but going back home and not experiencing any kind of change. That is, in other words, what, what that kind of lifestyle is saying to God is God is not powerful for real. Yes, I've heard of God, you know, done many miracles. But guess what? I'm an alcoholic. He doesn't seem able to change me. I mean, I've, I've heard God done, done so many amazing things. In fact, he created this world. But at the same time, um, he can do nothing about my anger. Are you with me? So what kind of God is that? I mean, I, I, I've heard about the God who, who lays out the prophetic messages from Daniel's days all the way to the coming of Jesus. And he laid it out so clearly where all the events fit into place. But he can do all of that. But yet still, he cannot do anything about how my wife or my husband treats me or how I treat them and my children. What kind of God is this? This is not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible is willing and able to work with any individual and give them power that can bring about change. I do want to say, when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit, that's what he's after. That's exactly what he's after. And so today, goodness, let's talk together. What comes to your mind when you think of the word goodness? Anything comes to mind? Goodness. Generosity. Absolutely. Is God generous? Yes, he is. What else comes to your mind when you think of the word goodness? Clean, pure. I love that. God is pure, right? He's, he's pure in thought and in actions. Amen? Hallelujah. Love. Uh, did it say love? Love. I mean, perfect. He is perfect. Love all of that. All right, let's go, go ahead. He's awesome. He's awesome. He's able and he's capable. Amen. Sis, I see your hands. He's compassionate. All of that describes what? Goodness, right? 
it's, it, when you see a person act with compassion, that person is being good to someone. Well, let's turn to the Bible. In the Bible, can you go to the next slide? The Bible, key text is, is, is uh, Galatians 5 verse 25. Let's go there together. Galatians 5 verse what? Verse 25. Galatians 5 verse, verse 22, sorry, 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, and what? And goodness. That word goodness is mentioned only four times in the Bible. Only four times. It's amazing. I love to do that when, I, when, I, when I'm studying a, a particular word. I love to look at the, the various times it's used. Only four times, and I put the four times in the scriptures where you'll find the Greek word for goodness. Agathosune. Only four times. It's actually a noun, so it describes, it, it, it tells you of the person. All right. There's another word in the scriptures, agathos. That's the word good. Agathos is what? Now, that is mentioned all over Scripture. All right, Agathos, good. But goodness, only four times. So what I'd like to do is what we did last week. We just, we're going to look at these four texts and try to see what is God saying through these four texts. All right? First thing, first thing. In Galatians 5, verse 22 Goodness comes from who? From God. He is the source of goodness. In fact, he's the only source. Okay? So someone says, I am good. Guess what? Bible says you're not. Isn't that true? Because the goodness comes from who? There's another te text that's linked to it, so I'm, I'm just going to put those two together, and that's Ephesians 5 and verse 9. It's speaking of the fruit of the Spirit as well. And he's listing in there goodness as well. So if you see Ephesians 5 verse 9, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all what? Is in all what? Same word. So those two texts out of the four Simply says, God is good. Or he possesses what? Goodness. Say, uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. So goodness. How, do, how can we tell that God is good? Come again. Through his actions, definitely. Through his character, right? Also, who he is. Yes. He's merciful. I want us to go back to creation. You remember when God created this world? What did he say towards the end? It's good, right? 
it was good. And he kept, he kept saying, and then he said, it's what? Very at the end, it's what? After he looked at all of it, man, it's, this is really, really good. This is awesome. It's really good. Now look at creation. Even with the ravages of sin, you can see that it was created from an intelligent being. Correct? Have you ever made, have you, I heard Elder Stewart said, um, uh, not many of the men here cook. Well, I tell you what, um, uh, 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 I like to cook. Amen? So maybe we, we need to uh, help some of you, right? Next, next Thanksgiving, let's have, a, let's have the men prepare the meal. <laughs> you started it, man. <laughs> but, but, you know, you, you take the ingredients... And you know what, the way, the way I've learned to cook, my, my grandmother taught me how to cook. And, and so when I cook, I, I hardly use measurements. <laughs> and and, and ask, my, ask my wife, does it come out good? Where she's at? There she is. So, you know, we, we just put that, put that, put that, put that, mix it up and do our thing. And wow, people love it, right? So watch this. It's a design. And the design, when people taste it, they say it's what? When you look at the world around us, we can't treat it as maybe many do by saying there's no God. Because if we do, the Bible says we are what? We're a fool. It's only a fool that can look on this world and look at the creative design of everything and how they work together, how the sun is a perfect distance from the earth. Slight change and we all burn. Someone put that there. No big bang could put that there. It takes so much faith to believe that there's no God when you look upon his goodness. Are you with me? But when we look at creation, like the Heavenly Father, we can appreciate what goodness looked like. All right? Before sin, perfect. Are you with me? Adam treated Eve perfectly. Because they learned that from how God treated them. Are you with me? They learned what love was like in perfection. And so, goodness is seen all around us. I want us now to go to Deuteronomy 4. Deuteronomy 32, verse 4. Look at how God describes himself. Deuteronomy what? 32 and verse and verse 4. God is describing himself. He says, it, it says, he is the what? Rock. What does that mean? He is the rock. I heard it. He's strong. He's stable. Correct? In other words, with God, you can trust him. 
That is so much goodness. When you know a person you can trust. I mean, God is a rock, it says. And then his works are what? Perfect. Whatever God does is perfect. And all his ways are, when he acts, it might, be, might not be in our favor, but yet still it's what? The day will come when even those who have rejected God will fall down on their knees. Can you imagine that? Wow. A faithful God who does no wrong. He does no wrong. Right? What else? Upright and just is he. This is what goodness looks like. And only God alone is like this. Only God alone is like this. He's trying to say to us today. He's trying to say, this is what I am. And I can be this way for you. You need someone you can trust. You need someone who will never fail you, who will never walk out on you. You need someone who would treat you in a just manner, who would forgive you and restore you. All of that is goodness, and it only comes from God. Are you with me? You know, if we try to find this in relationships with other human beings... And we try to search for that in other people. And these people don't know God, don't appreciate him, don't have him in their lives. That's a setup for failure. Are you with me? You know, my wife and I, we, we go back, way back. We're about 12 years old. God began the journey. One of the things I appreciate about my wife is this. And this is because of what God is doing in her life. I never question my wife when it comes to our relationship and whether there's someone else involved in any way. Never thought about it. Right? Never. And that's because of what God is doing in her life. Only God can do that because that's who he is, right? And, and I'll just ask her to tell you the other side. I don't need to say it, but you know, God has been good to us. He has certainly blessed us together whereby we can trust each other over 22 years of marriage. Praise God. So I can trust her, she can trust me, because both of us have given our lives to God. Hallelujah. And God wants to do that with every single person. The world have a different definition of goodness. You filled with money, man, you're really good, right? You get all the securities of the world, you're lavishing in goodness. But all of that can crumble in no time. 
Just like the, the guy who lost all kinds of uh, financial gains from the cryptocurrency uh, this week. Have you read about it? Yeah. All of that can crumble in any time. That's why when you're building a relationship, young people, the best way to do that is to ask God. Because you know him, right? Is to ask God to pair you with someone who loves the Lord. Hmm. So where does goodness come f- comes from? Who is the source of goodness? All right, now let's switch gears. Mark 10, verse 18. Let's go to Mark 10, verse 18. Mark 10, verse what? All right. Can someone read that for us? Mark 10, verse 18. So Jesus is saying, there's no one good except who? So goodness comes from God. Maybe you're here today. And you have not had it quite well, especially with relationships. Maybe you're here today and you've been treated very poorly. Maybe you have some heartaches today and you wonder if God is really good. You're brokenhearted. You're here today. You're watching online. And you're wondering, is there a rock that I can, that, that I can truly hang firm to? I want you to know. Begin with God. Yes, you have been burnt by other people. But God will never burn you. He'll never walk away from you. You know what he promises? Lo, I'll be with you what? I am so happy that I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. You know what? Because no matter what happened in our relationship, one thing I know, that he will never desert me. He will never treat me poorly. All I have to do is just stick close to him, no matter how hard it might seem. Church family, put your trust in the almighty God will never fail you. Last thing I want to share with you today is the, the next side of goodness. Because truth be told, God is good. And isn't that wonderful? Who is good all the time? You know, we are good sometimes. Speak the truth. You know, hey, we, we're good when we, when we want something good in return. Come on, y'all, he's only pastor speaking. Right? But then certain circumstances arise. It just breaks your heart. Bible says God is good. Not, not the Bible. We say, but the Bible also, actually there's a text that mentions that. That God is good all the time. All the time. God is good. Let's look at another text. 
we'll go to the another text here. Let's look at uh, Romans. Romans 15, verse what? 14. It says, and I myself, Paul is speaking, also am what? Persuaded of you, my brethren, that ye also are full of goodness, filled with all what? Knowledge, able to admonish one another. I put it there because when you read that text, Paul is saying that the Romans are good. They're filled with what? They're filled, sorry, they're full of, of goodness, right? They're full of good. So how come no one is good except the Romans? Right? You got to read it a little further, so I invite you to go to your Bibles. And let's look up that text. Romans what? I want to read from verse uh, 15. Let's read from verse 13. Let me find it here alongside you. If, if you have it and you, you can read it, I invite you to read it loud. Verse 13. So who is doing the filling there? Who is doing the filling? God is doing the filling, correct? So God is filling those who are empty with something. Come on, y'all. That's what he's doing. So in other words, the goodness that's listed in this text does not come from the Romans. It comes from who? He's, he's the one doing the filling for us to We must go to him and let him do what? Fill us. I am of this belief, living in this world that is so secular, where there's a big push for more and more, that God is saying, what we should all be pushing for is not more and more things, but we should be pushing for more and more of his Holy Spirit. I mean, I mean, you think about the rat race of life. We spend so much time trying to maintain and take care of life on this planet, but less and less time to try and take care of what we need each and every day to be filled with. So there's always a challenge to spend time with God in this rat race. Are you with me? There, there's always a, a challenge to be doing the things of God, but we will spend all, you name it, how many time thinking about what we need and less from the source. What I'm trying to say to you is the Bible is very clear. We need to tap into the source. We need to do what? 
Uh, I like how one man put it, describing sinful humanity. In fact, he's an atheist. He says, um, he wrote a book, and the title of the book is this, Why Can't We Be Good? Jacob Needleman has been a secular philosopher and a professor of philosophy of religion for many years at San Francisco State University. Some years ago, he wrote a remarkable book called Why Can't We Be Good? Listen to his thesis. His thesis is that even though social theorists, therapists, politicians, and everybody else are working like crazy to write books about how people should live, there's just one thing they're forgetting. Everybody basically knows how he or she ought to live, and we just can't do it, he says. Nobody's got the strength to do what we know we should. This, says Needleman, is the biggest mystery and problem of the human race. Why are we writing all these books telling people how they ought to live? People know what they ought to do, but they just won't and can't do it. It's impossible, he says. And people know they should not do certain things, but they do it anyway. He finished up by saying, that's our problem. Needleman says, human beings know how they should live, but they can't. And they won't. And he has no idea why. Didn't Paul feel like that too? Remember Paul? He said, the things that I, I really want to do is the thing that I find myself what? But the difference with Paul is Paul ended up with a solution. Needleman has no solution. Sure enough. If you live a life as if God doesn't exist, you have no solution. Because Paul ended up saying, thanks be to, to God. Praise the Lord. I, I like also what Martin Luther said. Martin Luther made a statement. And he said, um, let me just go to it real quick. He said, good works do not make a good man or woman. But a good man or a woman does good works. And who supplies the goodness? God. So therefore, therefore, if we're doing things so that we can somehow appease ourselves that we're doing something good, uh, that is not goodness. The goodness comes from God. It comes from God and and we are given this goodness when we ask him. Many people don't want to ask God for the Holy Spirit. You know why? They really don't want to change. There are things that they're doing that they really would like to continue doing while they're still in a relationship with God. And God is saying, it's total transformation. You have to be willing to be changed completely. And I 
who is good will give you goodness. I thought about this. And you know what I said to God? God, truly, I want your goodness. I, wa- I don't want no selfishness within my actions. I want your goodness. So when it flows from my life, it comes from who? You and not me. I like the last text. The last text says, where also we pray always for who? For you that our God would what? Count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all what? Fulfill all of his? So goodness is who God is, but he wants to fill us with it and and, 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 and spread this goodness through us to others. That's, that is God's plan. It's not just for us to be filled, but it's also for us to be emptied <laughs> every day. I mean, just, just think about your family and, and spending time with God and asking God to, to just pour his goodness through your life Upon your family, upon those you, you're going to see today at work or in school, on those you're going to meet at church. Are you with me? On that call you're going to receive today from someone that you really don't like. Right? God, can you enable me with something supernatural? That can represent you well to others. Fill me with your goodness. And when we pray that prayer, I want to end with this. The Bible says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow thee all the days of, and I will dwell in the, said those words? Huh? Can you imagine an adulterer, a murderer, a liar, a thief, you name it. A person like that was blessed daily with the goodness of God. Hallelujah! That must Be a good person who could embrace somebody like that and help them on the journey of transformation. To the point where, yes, David, David did live through the consequences of sin. But when he died, his eternal life was secured. Are you you with me? And so as he sleeps today, He awaits a resurrection. God never left him in his brokenness. God helped him through his brokenness. And and the only reason why David could have found success and victory is because when he, he knew exactly who he was dealing with, he was dealing with someone who was good. 
perfect, tender, forgiving. And maybe someone here today need to come to God. You have tried so many other things outside of God. But today, God is reaffirming in your heart that he is good. And he will forgive. And he will strengthen and transform. Anybody would like to receive the goodness of the Heavenly Father this afternoon? Anyone? Praise God. I'm going to invite you to stand. And as you stand together as we pray, I don't know where you are in your life experience, but I just want to say, if you have never given your heart to Jesus Christ, and you would like to taste and see that the Lord is good, if you would like to taste his goodness knowing that he will forgive you of all of your sins, that he will help you to overcome sins every day, and that he will secure an eternity for you, you have never given your heart to Jesus, I just want to give you the opportunity that when we pray, ask Jesus, ask him to come into your heart, to forgive you of all your sins, and to bless you with his goodness. And there's another step. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, <laughs> he wants to bless you with his Holy Spirit. If you have never been baptized before, I just want to say I'm here. I'm here to help you. We have elders here to help you as well. We have others who are here who are so willing to prepare you for baptism. And it's a good thing. Amen? And for all those disciples who have been on this journey, let's ask the Lord to fill our hearts with the Holy Spirit and the fruit. Let's pray. Father, thank you. We do see where we need you more than ever. Certainly our actions are filled with selfishness at times. At times we seem to be moving in our own ways, trying to accomplish our own desires. At times, Father, we might even feel like we have failed you. But we just want to say we're grateful that we serve a good God who's always willing to embrace us and to help us. So today, in the name of Jesus, Father, I ask that you just be with those who are reaching out to you at this time. They're seeking a change that only you alone can accomplish. I ask, Lord, that you will meet them 
at their point of need. Whatever they're struggling with. Whatever they're, they find themselves uh, uh, to be weak with. Lord, may today be a change for them. As they reach out to you, Father, fill them. Fill us all, including me, with the fullness of the Spirit. The fullness of your goodness. And Father, may our lives reflect this fruit. May our lives reflect, Father, your goodness so that others might be blessed and come to see that you are for real. I pray for those who are reaching out to you for the very first time today. Father, give them a conviction. Help them to understand that eternity can be theirs. Because Jesus has done it all. He has provided it through his death, burial, and resurrection. He has provided victory for them. Father, may they not turn away from you. May they turn to you and find this goodness within their life. Thank you for today. Thank you for the, the, the experience of worship. Thank you for teaching us. Thank you for equipping us. May you receive all the glory, honor, and praise due to your name. We ask this in the name of Jesus that the church of the living God say, Amen and Amen.